Welcome to another episode of Preferred Walk-On, PFF's college football show. I'm your host, Max Chalik. Alongside, again, my co-host, Dalton Wasserman. Took the week off last week, was in New Orleans celebrating Mardi Gras. Dalton, before we begin, man, how, how was New Orleans? How was uh, lovely Louisiana this past week? Oh, it's the best time of year to be there, of course. It's it's a circus. Um, just just adventurous everywhere you go. That's the best way you can put it. But it's it's the funnest time on the planet, honestly. And then... And then I had to follow it up the weekend after with uh, with two weddings in two days, oh. one over there and one in Florida. So it was a whole a whole week of just just wild adventures and flying around and doing everything. But uh, but definitely tell you what, for last week's show, you guys, you know, you and Trevor, a great episode too. Uh, real grateful for him stepping in for me and uh, and yeah, no, just an adventure still in Florida here and kind of a temporary setup, which is always, I mean, you know, Florida has its reputation, so that's a whole another circus. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, great times, and and honestly, if you don't, I've I've done Mardi Gras now three times, and it's it's the best time ever. If you get to do it, if you get to do it once, it's it's the best experience you could have. Honestly, I think Eli and I need to come down to Mardi Gras next year, and we do a live show from Mardi Gras next year. I think that'd be that's, that sounds oh, like a plan. <laughs> that that would that would be. I don't know if we're in the right. Yeah. We'll be in the right frame of mind, uh, or state, or physical state to be able to do that. But that'll be a lot of fun, I, dude. First of all. Uh, you have good friends for not having fall weddings. I have a fall wedding I, I have to go to in October, and I'm not looking forward to that. That's going to be brutal uh, during college football and NFL season, honestly. And I also, man, I noticed you're not wearing a lot of beads right now. So you weren't, uh, you know, you weren't flashing too well, many people at, at Mardi Gras um, and earning your you beads. You know, I have them. They're stowed away somewhere <laughs> somewhere else. I didn't even I didn't even think about it because it's still just kind of like still, it, it takes a while to decompress from it all. And the longer you keep them on, the longer you want to keep partying. So, um, you know, I figured I figured let me let me for like an hour here get back to at least looking professional and then we'll you know maybe maybe next time i'll find i'll find something also you know some of them you gotta find appropriate ones too yeah you know you never know you never know what gets thrown at you but uh no you know what it's something i hadn't even thought about see that i'm I'm never i'm never one see i'm not i'm not as like um what is it aesthetically like conscious as you are like i just Mm. i just forget things like that you know i'm not one to like decorate dress up and darn it i always forget opportunities like that that's fair that's fair yeah honestly man so i'm excited man i'm excited to get into this episode with you so first of all we're gonna talk about uh the news that came out yesterday of the playoff committee discussing expanding the playoff even though we haven't even gotten to the 12 team playoff era yet uh and then also uh later on in the show which basically would be the entire episode we'll be going over daniel jeremiah's uh latest mock draft his second mock draft uh he's one of the best in the business and also his mock drafts hold a lot of weight because they are usually based off of intel that he's gotten from nfl teams so that's something that uh we can look forward to as well but let's start off like i said before uh with this 14 team playoff and this is uh news this is major news that happened it seems like it's gaining momentum uh it was reported yesterday that during their meetings uh in dallas that they were talking about expanding to a 14 team playoff in starting in the 2026 season so we might only get two years of a 12 team playoff before even going bigger to 14 teams what do you th- make of this man do you think this is a little too soon for this or uh or what do you think about this news for college football no i'm all for it i'm all for it, even if they said 16 to be honest with you i think any sort of playoff expansion honestly in any sport at this point that's what people want to see they want to see the postseason and also for me if it up op- if it opens opportunities more for home games home postseason games instead of instead of the neutral site i i think that might be the best part of what's coming this year with the 12 team is that first round when you get four home games for five through eight um I, i'm all for it i think the longer you keep teams relevant more and more teams relevant for the postseason chase 
the better the game is, right? I, I think I think we've seen it, you know, even in the NFL, sometimes people are like, well, are you watering it down with too many wild cards? No, no, it's still great. I, I just think the longer you can have, because there's too many times we've seen with a 14 playoff where we get to the last two, three weeks of the season. And we're really just talking about last year with three weeks to go, we were talking about like nine teams, right? Mm-hmm. I, I really think with a 12-team playoff with three weeks to go, you could be talking about something like 30 teams. I, exactly. I mean, on, t- on top of the group of five, you know me. You know me. I, I like having the group of five involved, whether it be conference champs or if they run the table and undefeated and all that. I I think the more teams you have involved later in the season, it's it's only better for the game. And 14, two more spots, I, I'm all for it. Yeah, I think that's something that people always forget about uh, when you talk about expansion because I know the whole – argument of oh you're gonna water down the regular season which is the best part of college football but also like you mentioned i mean there are gonna be more teams that are involved now which is gonna make it more exciting now of course maybe the top end teams like ohio state or michigan or georgia or whoever maybe they will be you know pretty comfortable in the final couple of weeks and maybe the ohio state michigan game won't be as massive in terms of playoff implications but it, it'll still be uh, a lot more teams that are involved in this but I, I think would be a good thing I, I i'm a little cautious though about this i want to see how the 12 team works first before or even you know decide to move to 14 um but i i listen i think this is the way they're probably going to go because the big 10 and sec which are quickly becoming the two most prominent conferences in college football as if they weren't already but now they're even more so they uh i think the reason why they're going to go to 14 is that they want to get as many as four automatic bids uh from the big 10 and sec i think those two conferences instead of them splitting up and going uh elsewhere like there's been discussions of uh i think this is kind of a way to appease those two conferences and say okay listen we'll, we'll treat you guys like the you know, kings of college football that you are, and we'll give you guys more automatic bids than the other conferences in college football. I think that's the reason why. I don't think this is really anything to do with money. I think it has more to do with access uh, for, you know, the Big Ten and SEC uh, in it. So it's going to be interesting, and whether or not they decide to do this, and, and honestly, I don't know if they're going to be done at 14. They might even go to 16 later on, like you said before. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how they, they go about this. And, I mean, they, they already announced the 5-7 and seven model for the 12-team playoff, too, So um, which is going to be interesting as well. So, uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of moving parts in college football right now that we'll get into, obviously, later on down the stretch. But it is, Dalton, officially draft season. And, of course, we did our mock draft a couple weeks ago we had trevor on last week to talk about you know how generational are the top guys now we're going to go over a mock draft that's not our own but is the great daniel jeremiah's from nfl network that you can find at nfl.com so let's pull up that mock draft all right so i think the best way that we can go about this dolan instead of going over every single pick in this mock draft i think we go maybe five at a time here and talk about some notable picks uh in there and one thing to note too that daniel noted at the top of his article there are no trades in this mock draft he's not predicting any trades just yet uh so this is is the exact order that we have in the nfl draft right now so the first two picks uh bears taking caleb williams uh not too much of a surprise there commanders taking drake may the quarterback from north carolina again not too much of a surprise there uh you go down to the Patriots they're passing on a quarterback and they're taking Marvin Harrison Jr. the Ohio State receiver at number three which leaves the Cardinals at number four taking Malik Neighbors, the receiver from LSU and then the Chargers at number five taking Joe Alt the offensive tackle from Notre Dame so out of those first five picks Dawn what stands out to you? Uh, a couple of things. I think we know either quarterbacks or receivers are going top four at this point. And I think with the Patriots, the more I was thinking about them, I don't think a quarterback, if it was Jaden Daniels or Drake May or whoever, would be a bad choice. Um, you know, something I look at 
with them though where Harrison makes sense they need to get more explosive on offense at pretty much every position so if they're gonna roll with Mac Jones for another year and pick up a Marvin Harrison there's almost no way that Harrison couldn't make your offense better regardless of who's throwing to him uh I'm not saying at all that Mac Jones is a long-term answer but I I get the reasoning behind taking a receiver three just because they they need everything offensively honestly the second half of the year last year you could argue Zeke Elliott was their best player on offense and that's really not a good situation all the way around they need a total rebuild of their entire offense and if they wanted to start it with Harrison that would make sense and then I think at five with the Chargers this is really one of the most interesting slots in the draft because I think you could argue offensive line like we have here with Joe Alt you could argue receiver if especially if Malik neighbors were still on the board um, you could argue I, we've been talking about Brock Bowers and just the way that Jim Harbaugh and Greg Roman have used tight ends in the past and how good Brock Bowers is. We've seen Bowers mocked as high as five and as low as, you know, 18 or I've even I think in one draft I saw maybe 20. Um, there's a lot of options here for the Chargers. The only thing I question with Alt is that you already have Rashawn Slater in place at left tackle, but he mentions here you could play him at guard for a year or two. You could put him at right tackle. Joe Alt's so talented, you could probably put him anywhere and he would succeed. Uh, I think very much. I think Zach – didn't Zach Martin come out as a tackle also from Notre Dame and then moved into guard? Is that yeah, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah so it, it could just be that talented where he could play any position. Um, but that – I think the Chargers really – the Bears at the top are obviously the story of the NFL right now, but I think the Chargers at five have a very – interesting set of things that they could do with that pick yeah so you mentioned it in that uh patriots you know blurb right there that the patriots go the veteran route to fill the need at quarterback which means to me i mean there's guys like Kirk cousins available in free agency justin fields uh, is available via trade uh russell wilson will probably be available as well um i know russell wilson actually is betting odds he's actually favored to go to the steelers right now instead of returning to the broncos he's more likely to go to the steelers apparently according to the betting odds so there are guys available uh out there that you can get um, for the Patriots, I, I wonder if they're going to get any of those guys, honestly. Um, but if they go that route, then yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr. makes a lot of sense here. Uh, and I get the argument that if you get a guy like Jaden Daniels or get a guy like Drake May, they're not in a good spot, man. That that Patriots organization is not in a good spot, especially offensively right now, that they're going to struggle out the gate and you could really you know, risk ruining their development. I still, if I don't get a veteran quarterback, I don't think I would take Marvin Harrison Jr. here. I'd probably go with uh, one of the top three quarterbacks, but I can at least understand the thinking uh, but, uh, behind that. And obviously, if Marvin Harrison Jr. goes at number three, Malik Nabors makes the most sense for, for Cardinals at number four who desperately need to get another pass catcher for Kyler Murray. And I wanted, yeah, I wanted to talk about that Joe Alpick at number five because you mentioned it like Rashawn Slater is the starting left tackle he's one of the best left tackles in the league uh Joe Alt never played right tackle before but I think he would slot in there pretty well but I I just love the fit of Brock Bowers going to the Chargers and I think it's worthy of being the number five overall pick I think he's probably the second best pass catcher in the draft behind Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, I personally would go with Brock Bowers there at number five Um, and I'm I'm surprised a guy like maybe like Roma Dunze would you consider him over someone like Joe Alt too or do you think that's would you rather have Joe Alt than Roma Dunze at number five for the Chargers? I think I think they have a ton of options. I also think if Jaden Daniels is still on the board you at trade five, down. then yeah. that's a that's a prime prime trade down spot. Yeah. Whether it be to Atlanta or Vegas or Denver or somebody else who might be looking for for a Jaden Daniels type talent at quarterback. I, I think any if if Jaden Daniels is still on the board and the Chargers are sitting there at five, I I think they could go any which way imaginable about. It. I think it's a prime prime trade down spot because even you think about. 
if they trade down, say, to eight to Atlanta, they could still find them. They could take Brock Bowers at eight. They yeah. could even maybe take Brock Bowers at, I believe it's 12 or 13, where Vegas is picking. Denver and Vegas are right there back to back. They could do anything they wanted, especially if Jaden Daniels is still on the board here. Yeah, that's a great point. I think Brock Bowers, if he doesn't go at number five overall, I don't think he's going to go very high, honestly. And we'll, we'll get to Brock Bowers because he does go a little lower in this mock draft. We'll get to him in a second. But, yeah, I think that's a good point that the Chargers can trade down if, if one of these top three quarterbacks is available and still get the guy that they would have taken in fifth overall uh, even later in the draft, which is a pretty rare thing. Uh, but the Chargers are kind of in a unique spot right there. So uh, next five picks we're going to talk about, six through ten. The Giants taking Jaden Daniels. He, the fall stops there for him at six. Uh, Olufashanu going to the Titans at seven. J.J. McCarthy going to the Falcons at eight. Roma Dunze going to the Bears at nine. And then Talisa Fawaga going to the Jets at ten. So out of those five picks, Dolan, what sticks out to you? Uh, the obvious, the quarterbacks, the two quarterbacks. Um, I think, first of all, if the Giants are taking Daniels, obviously it's a change of direction for their entire franchise. They have really one more year where they have to stick out Daniel Jones's contract. Um, but no, Jaden Daniels, if Brian Dable's really looking for that just supernova playmaker like he had with Josh Allen and Buffalo, I mean, that's that's really it's it might be a gamble, and they still need weapons, especially on the outside, to make it work. But yeah. but something about Jaden Daniels and Brian Dable, and like I said, everything they got, that he accomplished in Buffalo. Um, it, it makes I could see exactly why the Giants are trying would be trying to restart their Jones, especially coming off an ACL and has never shown you to be like an explosive playmaker like that. I, I think that's big time. And then McCarthy to the Falcons uh, to me is probably the most interesting pick on this whole board. Um, you and I both aren't really sure if he's worthy of like top ten. There are I've seen you know things from other scouts that say that they think he's the second best quarterback in this draft. Um, I, I just don't. We never saw him, you know, we've seen Caleb Williams carry an offense. We've seen Drake May carry an offense for two years. Jaden Daniels has done it. J.J. McCarthy, was he a reason Michigan won the title? Yes. Was he the number one reason? I I don't even think it's close. No. He wasn't the number one reason. Um, I think, I do think I, I've liked the idea that's been brought up of if the Rams took him later in the first round, and he sat behind Stafford and yep. got in the McVay offense and learned that. I do think with Zach Robinson joining the Falcons as their OC, you know, bringing over McVay's system. I think that is a system that actually works to McCarthy's strengths. I'm just not entirely sure if McCarthy's ready to roll day one, but there's plenty of talent in, in Atlanta to work with. And if it's a similar scheme, you know, you're talking about that offensive line and B. John Robinson and Drake London and Kyle Pitts. There's, there's plenty there to work with. It could be, he could be in a much worse situation for sure, but it's, it's a, I think it's the gamble, and it's it's definitely, for me, the most interesting pick on this entire board in, in this mock draft. Yeah, I think, listen, I, I, I'm with you. I would take J.J. McCarthy later. Uh, honestly, he'd probably, he probably he would be a second-round pick for me, at least, but he's going to go in the top 15. I mean, everything that we've seen now has, has been, you know, all the smoke has been J.J. McCarthy going top 15, and he goes top 10 here. I don't even think top 10 is that ridiculous either uh, with the teams that need a quarterback. And listen, again, he's got all the tools, man. He's got all the tools. He, he, sh- he actually played really well this past season. It's just the problem is that he, again, wasn't relied on to do that much for Michigan's offense, which is why it scares me to take him top 15, top 10 when you're a team like the Falcons and you expect him to come in day one and be the quarterback. He, to me, if you're going to take him in the first round, 
he should have like the Patrick Mahomes, Jordan Love plan where it's okay, sit for a year and then hopefully you could take over after that. Or maybe even Jordan Love sit for a few years and then take over after that. That to me is the best plan for Jason McCarthy, but if you're spending a top 10 pick on him, like the Falcons, and you only have Desmond Ritter, it's not like you have a proven guy at quarterback, uh, you're probably going to start Jason McCarthy sooner rather than later. So that, that's what scares me about Jason McCarthy. I'm not denying his talent. I'm not denying he can be a franchise quarterback. I'm just a little bit scared to put that much capital in him um, when we just haven't really seen too much yet. So uh, it makes sense in terms of the Falcons needing a quarterback, but I'm just, I don't know, man. I don't even know if I would take him over Penix or Knicks right now, honestly. Like, I, I still might take them over because I think they're more proven. Of course, they're older and have lower ceilings probably than McCarthy, but I, I think they're a little bit more proven, which is, I don't know, it's a little scary for me. Uh, the other one I want to talk about was Talisa Fawaga at number 10. So do you think... Obviously, we talk about it all the time, how the Jets need to take a tackle and need to take a really good pass protector so that they keep Aaron Rodgers upright. As a Jets fan, Dalton, uh, with Fashanu and all off the board in this scenario, is it still tackle or bust? Do you still take Talisa Fuaga here, or maybe do you look elsewhere like a Brock Bowers or, or someone else to uh, fill that need? I think it's tackle or bust, but I think it gets harder. I, I think with both of those guys off the board, I, I wonder if this isn't a trade back a few spots kind of spot where you could trade back and still take a JC Latham or an Amarius Mims. Um, Fuaga, look, I, I'm not going to sit here and say they'll go wrong if they take Fuaga. Fuaga is a great player. I just think there's better team fits. I think, I think on a team like Jacksonville or, or a Cincinnati or a team, you know, uh, I think the Raiders are, may have a need at right tackle also just makes a little more sense where the Jets so badly need pass protection. And maybe he'll maybe he'll bloom into a great pass protector. And I could be wrong on this. I just it's more about the team fit than Fawaga to me. I, I think if this scenario were to play out for the Jets, you could be looking at trading back a few spots. Maybe there's a team that would trade up for a Bowers or maybe there's mm-hmm. a quarterback needy team that wants to get ahead of Minnesota and Vegas and Denver. You maybe Pittsburgh surprises us all and trades up. I think I think it opens up a little more. I think if Alta Frashanu are on the board, have to take him. That's yeah. it's like not even a question. I, I think they start to question some things. And I still I still wonder if Joe Douglas would think about a weapon here, even if he would think about Brock Bowers here. Um or if Odunze were still on the board instead of going there at nine, and let's say the Bears has been a lot of talk of him taking a pass rusher, I think they would think about Odunze at ten also. Um but I, I think I think the priority kind of goes it's Alta Frashanu and then maybe if they're both gone, then we start looking at options. Yeah, I think again, there's no trades in this mock draft, so that would be, I think, it would be a prime trade down spot for the Jets too. Because again, I like Fuaga a lot, um, but he is a dominant run blocker who's a you know good, not great pass protector, and that's not what really what the Jets need right now. So um, I don't love the fit with Fuaga going to the Jets, but with Alt and Fashanu off the board. It somewhat makes sense. I do love J.C. Latham, and I think he's a way better pass protector than, than Talisa Fuaga, so I think he could be an interesting spot here. But again, I don't know if I would take him at number 10. I might try to trade down and get him a little bit later. Uh, another guy who I think could really rise after next week, Dawn, which the NFL Combine, is Amarius Mims because he's a freak, freak athlete, man. I think he might wow a lot of people in Indianapolis, and I think he could move up and maybe even be a top 10 or 15 projected pick, honestly, in 2024 after the Combine uh, as well. So let's go over to 11 to 15 now. So the Vikings take Dallas Turner, the Alabama edge defender there at number 11 and actually i'm looking right now yeah that is the first 
that will be the first uh, defensive player off the board at number 11, which I believe is the record. Uh, I believe in 2021, the first defensive player off the board was eighth overall in J.C. Horn, which I believe was the previous record. Uh, 11 here would, would break that record. So Dallas Turner, no defensive players in the top 10. Dallas Turner breaks that there at number 11. Another edge defender at number 12 going to the Broncos and Jared Verse. Terry on Arnold uh, at 13 going to the Raiders, the Alabama corner. Another Alabama player at number 14 uh, in J.C. Latham, the offensive tackle we talked about before, to the Saints. And then Nate Wiggins, the Clemson corner, going to the Colts there at number 15. So 11-15 to 15 dominated by Alabama with three Alabama players in those five picks. Uh, what stands out to you to own those five picks, though? Um, those first three teams there, Minnesota, Denver, and Vegas, um, sitting there with quarterback situations very much in flux, right? You know, mm-hmm. Denver's going to cut Russell Wilson. Um, Minnesota, we kind of, there's an assumption that Kirk Cousins is coming back, but I, you know, if he, they don't want to give him a fully guaranteed contract and they, they do eventually here need to start looking long-term. Like I, that's a spot where I don't think Michael Penix would be a bad fit at all. And the Raiders, you know, are they really, look, their defense was one of the best down the stretch last season. They have Devontae Adams. They have, you know, you have a franchise left tackle and Colton Miller. You have Michael Mayer, you have Jacoby You have a ton of pieces, but are you actually going to walk in and try to compete with Mahomes and Herbert with Aiden O'Connell? All right. I, I don't, I just, I, that doesn't seem feasible to me. Now, maybe they go after, maybe they're a team that goes after Justin Fields. I mean, I know Atlanta and Pittsburgh have been kind of the hot topics of conversation, but the Raiders are a team that I sit here and go, they need a quarterback. Yeah. They, they need something, whether it's Fields, Penix, trade up, like, and them taking a defensive player here, unless they go and get maybe Russell Wilson or, or Kirk Cousins, if he's actually free, I don't really know where else they would go if they take a defensive player. I, all of a sudden, now I'm just assuming they're building a defensive team with Aiden O'Connell at the helm, and that's not, you know, O'Connell serviceable. I do think he's a really good backup. But you can't you can't compete with Patrick Mahomes no. with Aiden O'Connell. Even if they were, as Antonio Pierce said this week, the last team to beat the Chiefs, the, I don't believe they completed a pass in the last three quarters of that game. You're not going to beat them every time like that. So I'm really curious with all three of these teams how, especially through free agency and possibly a Justin Fields trade, where the quarterback situations go here. Because I look at all three of them that all of a sudden could join that group that's in the top ten or even you know be a trade-up group. Like we talked about – I don't know if the Chargers would actually do it in division, but, you know, say the Chargers at five, or even the Giants at six, I think, are a good trade-down spot. Maybe the Raiders hop in, man. If Jaden Daniels is on the board, you have Jaden Daniels, Devontae Adams, Myers, um, Michael Mayer, figure out the running back situations, Amir White, That's that all of a sudden looks explosive, but they don't – I just don't think they can make the playoffs with Aiden O'Connell as a quarterback. No, man, I think those are the three teams that I'm looking at right now that – one of them is going to fall in love with J.J. McCarthy or at least be desperate to get J.J. McCarthy and might try to trade up to get him, honestly. Because you mentioned it. I mean, the Vikings might bring back Kirk Cousins, but even so, I think he's like 35 years old right now. Uh, Brad Spielberger, Brad Spielberger, our, our top you know salary cap guy, who's, who's honestly the best in the business, he projects only like a two-year contract for Kirk Cousins. So it's not like you're a long-term answer is Kirk Cousins. He's probably just going to be another couple of years. And then he's going to be 37 years old, honestly, at that point. So coming off a, a torn Achilles as well. So the Vikings are going to be thinking about moving on. The Broncos are already thinking about moving on with Russell Wilson most likely out of town. Uh, and the Raiders, like you mentioned, have a desperate need at corner, uh, desperate need at, uh, at uh, quarterback as well. I think that one of those three teams is going to go after 
J.J. McCarthy and, and try to get him. And, you know, that's why I think J.J. McCarthy's stock is rising so much. It's because those three teams there at 11, 12, and 13 are going to get desperate as well. So I, I think that's the really the biggest interesting thing to me is that, you know, those three teams pass on Bo Nix, pass on Michael Penix Jr. It sounds like J.J. McCarthy is kind of universally becoming QB4 for uh, the NFL draft, and Penix and Nix are kind of falling down boards a little bit, at least from mock drafts it looks like that. So it's a little interesting that, that these three teams go with defensive players when they all pretty clearly have a need at quarterback uh, as well. All right, let's go to 16 to 20 here. The Seahawks taking Byron Murphy, the Texas defensive tackle. Uh, the Jaguars going with Quinion Mitchell at 17, the Toledo corner. The Bengals, I know Eli's going to love this, Brock Bowers going to uh, the Bengals there at 18 overall, uh, the Georgia tight end. And then 19, the Rams taking Jackson Powers Johnson, the Oregon center. And then the 20, the Steelers taking Troy Fountainow, the Washington offensive tackle, who could also play a little bit on the interior offensive line, most likely will play on the interior offensive line uh, at the next level as well. So from 16 to 20, Dolan, what uh, stands out to you? I, I think there's just a lot of good fits here, right? Bowers to the Bengals sticks out. I know Eli would be jumping out of his shoes, but that that just feels like, especially if they were to keep T. Higgins, that, that feels like a perfect fit. It's kind of the one thing that Burroughs never had up there. It's just an elite tight end like that. Um, I think I think this Fatano move to the Steelers is big time. They need badly, badly, badly offensive line help, right? Broderick Jones, they moved him over to right tackle last year. Played decent, but they they have just for the last two years really been a mess on the offensive line. It's disjointed their whole offense, right? They The last two years, they've had pretty much the worst left tackle situation in football. Mm-hmm. He's a proven pass protector. They need it badly. It sure sounds like, from what we've heard this week, that they're just going to let Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph, if they re-sign him, fight it out for the starting job, as the, as opposed to making a big move. Obviously, smoke screens are what they are, but the Steelers are usually pretty honest about that stuff. And any which quarterback they have, they they just need to get better in the trenches, substantially better. Um, they you know they talk about you have Najee Harris, you have Jalen Warren, you want to run the ball, you want to do all these things. You know, even fans get on about not throwing down the field. But if you have no pass protection, it really doesn't matter. I think it's a very similar thing that we're talking about um, with the Jets, where if you can't pass protect, it just doesn't matter. The Steelers, this would be, I think, a great pick for the Steelers. We've we've mocked Powers Johnson to them. If they don't get him and this scenario happens, I think this is also a great pick in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think, well, first of all, I want to get Eli. Eli, what are your thoughts here on uh, on Brock Bowers going to 18? Would you be jumping for joy? Yeah, I'd be pretty excited. I feel I'm I'm in the same boat, though. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I would love it. Um, to me, it really hurts seeing Murphy go right before this. I think he's a, a realistic fit here. But I am I am a big Johnny Newton guy, so. Dude. I'd never be upset with that. If, if you weren't a Johnny Newton guy, I, I don't think anyone on this show cannot be a Johnny Newton guy. He's like our, he's our boy. He, and that's why I'm a little, I'm a little devastated here. That he's not the first D tackle off the board uh, at 16, but it does sound like, and I know Trevor actually updated his big board recently and he has Byron Murphy as the number one D tackle on his big board. And I think a lot of other people are going with that too. He's a terrific pass rusher, really 
awesome tools. A little undersized, like Johnny Newton, but uh, he's kind of a freak athlete, man. Which, where Johnny um, has just been a really developed pass rusher with great pass rushing moves. A lot kind of reminds me a lot of like the Liatu Latu, but for defensive tackles, where like the tools aren't that crazy, but man, he's just so developed. He's going to enter the NFL and immediately be a really good pass rusher. But Byron Murphy seems to be like the DT one for most people now. He's not my DT one, Johnny. I'm still have you, man. But uh, he seems to be the guy for most people. And then Brock Bowers, man, at 18, that is like the home run pick of this draft and maybe one of the best home run picks I've seen in, in past drafts too, man. Because, I mean, you mentioned you get T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Brock Bowers. Like, that is not fair. And Tyler Boyd is still there too. That's not fair, man. So the Cincinnati Bengals with that, I mean, would be phenomenal. And, and Joe Burrow's never had a, a, you know, superstar tight end, even dating back to LSU, didn't really have that. He had Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, which is enough, uh, and Terrace Marshall too. But he didn't have a superstar tight end there either. So getting Brock Bowers, man, will be unbelievable. So that would be a great pick. Um, and then let's move on to 21 to 25 now. So at number 21 is the Miami Dolphins taking Latu Latu, we just mentioned the edge from UCLA. Ennis Rakestraw Jr., the corner from Missouri, going to the Eagles there at 22. Texans taking Brian Thomas Jr., the the wide receiver, excuse me, uh, from LSU. And then Cowboys taking Tyler Guyton, the Oklahoma offensive tackle at 24. And then at 25, Cooper DeGene, another friend of the show, going to the Packers, the Iowa corner. So from 21 to 25, Dolan, what stands out to you there? Um couple of them i think i think the texans pick is a fun theory because they really need offensive line and help in secondary a little bit more but to stack this up with stroud would be i mean you let tank Dell get in the slot full time that's that would make them really really explosive and i think i think i want to kind of disprove something with dejean here for a minute because it's some things some things i've been hearing oh he can move around you can put him at safety you know, in his career, he's played safety for three snaps at Iowa. <laughs> yeah. And I think in the slot, maybe like 120 snaps in his first year starting. Like, Cooper DeGene is a corner, man. Like, an yeah. outside corner. I get, I get like, the idea of trying to move him around. He's a great athlete. But I, I really like it as a fit just opposite Jair Alexander. Just send him out there. Now, I think the big mystery is what kind of defense Jeff Halfley is going to run there. And DeGene's been kind of more of a zone corner at Iowa. But I really think, like... This idea that he like might not be an outside corner. No, that's he hasn't really he hasn't really been anything else at Iowa and he's proven he can play it at an elite level. Like I, I have seen I've seen some people say some mocks, some scouts, some things that were like, Oh, move him to safety. I'm like, he's never played safety. Like what is the where where is this coming I, yeah. from that, that he's not like he's one of the elite corners in this draft and for me I would just leave him out there. Honestly, and I like the fit for the Packers. I think they do need a number two corner opposite Alexander, but I'm not really getting the part where it's like, oh, just plug him in all over the place because we know he can do it. Where is where is that on tape? It's exactly. like I'm, it's I'm like when uh, it's like when the idiots say like a really good black quarterback should move to receiver or running back, and it's like like what are we talking about here? It's like that's the DeGene thing where it's like they can't really. You function like they can't make their brain understand that it's a really good white corner, and they're just like, "Oh, we gotta move he, to safety." Honestly, he's he's as technically sound, probably actually the most the most technically sound corner in this draft. And the, the one thing I would say is like, I think I've told you, for me, it's more of a system thing where like I wouldn't put him in a place like Minnesota because they didn't run a ton of man to man at Iowa. 
Like, it might not be his thing, but I think a big thing for me, I think for as much as we talk about sometimes systems for quarterbacks or systems for receivers or this and that, there are going to be systems for, like, defensive backs, too. If he's a zone corner, that's great. I don't see any reason for that. You know, I think a a team like even Houston at 23, I would absolutely think about him. The way that D'Amico Ryans runs that system or San Francisco, if he were to ever fall that far, or I don't even hate, like, it's hard to tell, again, with Jeff Halfley being there, it's new. I don't know what they're going to run in Green Bay next year, but I, I just think the idea that he's like, that he's like, oh, he should move back to safety or like, we don't have any proof of that. Like he could, he could go back there and be the worst safety in football. I don't know. We just don't, he played three snaps at safety in yeah. his career at Iowa. He, he's an outside corner. And to be honest with you, probably the most fundamentally sound outside corner in this draft. I would, I would leave him out there and let it run, but I think it would be a great pick for Green Bay. I, it would be, it'd be a home run pick. I honestly, I, I would love if uh, the Packers grab him because I mean, he should not fall this far, man. I mean, he's probably, I think right now he's still a top 10 prospect for Trevor Sikama. I probably have him in that range, top 10, top 15. He's probably going to go top 20. But, yeah, 25, man, is low for Cooper DeGene. And not only is he technically sound, I mean, he's a freak, freak athlete, too. Like, he's a really, really good athlete. Um, so you can make an argument he is the number one corner in this year's draft, which Trevor will. Um, so, yeah, the Packers that are getting him at 25 is uh, – is really really good, and I agree. He, he deserves a shot at outside corner. You know, I don't, I don't really care what people think about him. Like he does, he, he has shown in three years that he's been a really good outside corner for Iowa, and deserves a shot out there for sure. The other one I wanted to shout out, uh, just because I love the idea of this, is Latu Latu going to the Dolphins at twenty-one. First of all, I think that's a another steal. I think Latu should go a lot higher than that. I understand the medical concerns. I understand he's not a freak athlete, um, and I understand his length isn't really what you love at the edge position. But he was our number two player in college football this past season. Broke the record for the highest graded season we've ever seen by a Power 5 player at 96.3. The reason why I love it here at 21 of the Dolphins is because you get basically two guys with basically the same exact background at edge defender Miami with Jalen Phillips and Laiatu Latu, where Phillips was at uh, UCLA originally, medically retired after a series of injuries, was actually the number one recruit coming out of high school, uh, medically retired, transfers to Miami, blows up at Miami, ends up being a first-round pick because of it. Uh, Laiatu Latu starts off at Washington, medically retires due to a neck injury, transfers to UCLA, blows up there, and ends up being a fir- most likely a first-round pick because of it. So two guys, both connections to UCLA, where uh, Phillips transferred from UCLA, Latu transferred to UCLA. Um, I-, I bet UCLA kind of saw that, and they saw how much they messed up by uh, losing Jalen Phillips to medical retirement and making him transfer. Whether okay, we got to bring this guy in and see if this guy can actually work out, and not make the same mistake twice. But I think I just think it's cool. And honestly, they they remind me a lot of. Uh, I think they both were 15. They both remind me a lot of, of each other with the way they rushed the passer as well. Uh, I, I kind of love the fit there with Latu uh, Latu, maybe just for the vibes of it, of him and uh, Jalen Phillips uh, kind of rushing off the edge together too. Yeah, I get that completely. I mean, and I think, and I think a big thing for Miami that so many injuries on defense this year with Chubb and with Phillips that they yeah. they really might need a guy like Latu, especially early in the year as 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 Phillips and Chubb recover from from their injuries. I believe did Phillips did he tear his Achilles or was it an ACL? I think it was his yeah, I think it was might have been a, it might have been an ACL actually. Let me look it up real quick. Yeah, I, but yeah. I mean honestly in this scenario Latu might walk in as a week one starter because of the injuries to the other guys. Yeah, Achilles. It was an Achilles, yeah. 
So yeah, he might actually. And Chubb, I know Chubb is there too, but Chubb has not. Chubb is really kind of disappointed since they traded for him uh, as well. But all right, let's finish it out actually. So instead of doing the, first, the last five picks, we'll do uh, last what seven or so picks. So Ad Mitchell, Adonai Mitchell, the receiver from Texas, going to the Buccaneers there at twenty six. Darius Robinson, the edge from Missouri, really been rocketing up draft boards, going to the Cardinals at twenty seven. Chop Robinson going to the Bills there at twenty eight. The Penn State edge, Zach Frazier going to the Lions at twenty nine. West Virginia center. Amarius Mims going to the Ravens there at 30. The Georgia offensive tackle. Uh, Graham Barton, the Duke offensive lineman. Really could play him at tackle, guard, center, wherever. Uh, going to the 49ers there at 31. And then Troy Franklin rounding out the first round to the Chiefs. The Oregon receiver there at 32. So out of those final seven or so picks, Dolan, what stands out to you? Uh, the last two for the for the two Super Bowl teams stand out. I think Graham Barton to the 49ers. The Niners, um, I, I think a story that's not being said enough, they need help in the trenches. They really mm-hmm. do on both sides of the ball. Pretty much their offensive line is Trent Williams and then everybody else. Yep. Uh, their D-line, their D-line is very thin. Um, this, you know, here they go up front. I believe Brock Purdy was pressured on 48% of his dropbacks in the Super Bowl. Um, it, it was just not, just not good enough uh, to win the game, right? When they ran off to the left side, it was a whole lot better than the right side. Barton, you know, is a guy that's thought to have some versatility. If, you know, he's probably not going to be the best offensive lineman in this draft, right? But, you know, he can play he can play guard. I believe he even has reps at center if they really needed that. His first year, yeah, right he played there. Yeah. Anywhere that they need him to play, I think the Niners, I think that's a good pick for them to take and kind of trial and error with it. It's an easy system to learn because it's really a lot of the same foundational things up front, especially in the run game with a whole lot of window dressing behind it. Um, which is why they've had success with lower drafted offensive linemen, but they do need some talent and some versatility up there. And I think Barton would give them some flexibility to find just, okay, where does he fit in? And let's just get a solid starter in here to really start improving this thing. Cause Trent Williams isn't getting any younger either. They really need to figure this out now before he goes. And then as far as the chiefs go, I, this that's a home run, man, to me, I, Troy Franklin mm-hmm. d- down there in Kansas city, Troy Franklin, Rasheed Rice. I mean, there's been, you know, outside's kind of some rumors about if they can clear enough cap room and depending what happens, maybe they're a team that goes after a Mike Evans. Yeah. Like, you start, I mean, again, look, Patrick Mahomes has won his last two Super Bowls with kind of a shoddy-ish re- receiving core. I love Rasheed Rice. I, I think, I'll tell you what, he might he might be a top 10 to 15 receiver next year. Yeah. Get him get him some polish and a little more muscle on him. He's, you know, he's really one of the more efficient receivers in football. But if you get a guy like Troy Franklin in there too, size speed runs you know just knows how to get open you know he was spectacular over there Oregon somehow you know the way he runs I forget that he's 6'3 I mean just I this could not be I think there's several guys we would like here I think Franklin or Lad McConkey from Georgia I think would both be excellent fits in Kansas City but I, I think if Franklin falls as far that's a home run yeah honestly so yeah those are the two picks I want to talk about too but yeah you, you hit on them Welcome to another episode of Preferred Walk-On, PFF's college football show. I'm your host, Max Chalek, alongside, again, my co-host, Dalton Wasserman. Took the week off last week, was in New Orleans celebrating Mardi Gras. Dalton, before we begin, man, how, how was New Orleans? How was uh, lovely Louisiana this past week? Oh, it's the best time of year to be there, of course. It's it's a circus. Um, just just 
adventurous everywhere you go. That's the best way you can put it. But it's it's the funnest time on the planet, honestly. And then and then I had to follow it up the weekend after with uh, with two weddings in two days, oh. one over there and one in Florida. So it was a whole a whole week of just just wild adventures and flying around and doing everything. But uh, but definitely tell you what for last week's show, you guys, you know, you and Trevor, a great episode too. Uh, real grateful for him stepping in for me and uh, and yeah, no, just an adventure still in Florida here and kind of a temporary setup. Which is always, I mean, you know, Florida has its reputation, so that's a whole another circus. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, great times, and and honestly, if you don't, I've I've done Mardi Gras now three times, and it's it's the best time ever. If you get to do it, if you get to do it once, it's it's the best experience you could have. Honestly, I think Eli and I need to come down to Mardi Gras next year, and we do a live show from Mardi Gras next year. I think that'd be that's, that sounds oh, like a plan. <laughs> that that would that would be. I don't know fun if we're in the right. Yeah. We'll be in the right frame of mind, uh, or state, or physical state to be able to do that. But that'll be a lot of fun. Dude, first of all, uh, you have good friends for not having fall weddings. I have a fall wedding I, I have to go to in October, and I'm not looking forward to that. That's going to be brutal uh, during college football and NFL season, honestly. And I also, man, I noticed you're not wearing a lot of beads right now. So you weren't, uh, you know, you weren't flashing too well, many people at, at Mardi Gras and, uh, and earning your you beads. You know, I have them. They're stowed away somewhere <laughs> somewhere else. I didn't even I didn't even think about it because it's still just kind of like still, it, it takes a while to decompress from it all. And the longer you keep them on, the longer you want to keep partying. So, um, you know, I figured I figured let me let me for like an hour here and get back to at least looking professional and then we'll you know maybe maybe next time i'll find i'll find something also you know some of them you gotta find appropriate ones too because yeah. you know you never know you never know what gets thrown at you but uh no you know what it's something i hadn't even thought about see that i'm, I'm never i'm never one see i'm not i'm not as like um what is it aesthetically like conscious as you are like i just mm. i just forget things like that you know i'm not one to like decorate and dress up and I'm like, darn it i always forget opportunities like that that's fair that's fair yeah I, honestly man so i'm excited man i'm excited to get into this episode with you so first of all we're going to talk about uh the news that came out yesterday of the playoff committee discussing expanding the playoff even though we haven't even gotten to the 12 team playoff era yet uh and then also uh later on in the show which basically would be the entire episode we'll be going over daniel jeremiah's uh latest mock draft his second mock draft uh he's one of the best in the business and also his mock drafts hold a lot of weight because they are usually based off of intel that he's gotten from nfl teams so that's something that uh, we can look forward to as well but let's start off like i said before uh with this 14 team playoff and this is uh news this is major news that happened it seems like it's gaining momentum Welcome to another episode of Preferred Walk-On, PFF's college football show. I'm your host, Max Chalek. Alongside, again, my co-host, Dalton Wasserman. Took the week off last week, was in New Orleans celebrating Mardi Gras. Dalton, before we begin, man, how, how was New Orleans? How was uh, lovely Louisiana this past week? Oh, it's the best time of year to be there, of course. It's it's a circus. Um, just just adventurous everywhere you go. That's the best way you can put it. But it's it's the funnest time on the planet, honestly. And then... And then I had to follow it up the weekend after with uh, with two weddings in two days, oh. one over there and one in Florida. So it was a whole a whole week of just just wild adventures and flying around and doing everything. But uh, but definitely tell you what, for last week's show, you guys, you know, you and Trevor, a great episode too. Uh, real grateful for him stepping in for me and uh, and yeah, no, just an adventure still in Florida here and kind of a temporary setup. Which is always, I mean, 
you know, Florida has its reputation, so that's a whole another circus. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, great times. And, and honestly, if you don't, I've, I've done Mardi Gras now three times and it's it's the best time ever. If you get to do it, if you get to do it once, it's it's the best experience you could have. Honestly, I think Eli and I need to come down to Mardi Gras next year and we do a live show from Mardi Gras next year. Like that'd be, that's, that sounds oh, like a plan. <laughs> that, that would, that would be. I don't know if we're in the right, yeah. we'll be in the right frame of mind uh, or state or physical state to be able to do that, but that'll be a lot of fun. I, dude, first of all, uh, you have good friends for not having fall weddings. I have a fall wedding I, I have to go to in October and I'm not looking forward to that. That's gonna be brutal uh, during college football and NFL season, honestly. And I also, man, I noticed you're not wearing a lot of beads right now. So you weren't, uh, you know, you weren't flashing too well, many people at, at Mardi Gras um, and earning your You beats. know, I have them. They're stowed away somewhere <laughs> somewhere else. I didn't even I didn't even think about it because it's still just kind of like still, it, it takes a while to decompress from it all. And the longer you keep them on, the longer you want to keep partying. So, um, you know, I figured I figured let me let me for like an hour here and get back to at least looking professional. And then we'll, you know, may, maybe maybe next time I'll find I'll find something. Also, you know, some of them you got to find appropriate ones, too. Cause, yeah. You, know, you never know. You never know what gets thrown at you. But uh, no, you know what? It's something I hadn't even thought about. See that I'm, I'm never, I'm never one. See, I'm not, I'm not as like, um, what is it? Aesthetically like conscious as you are. Like I just, mm. I just forget things like that. You know, I'm not one to like decorate and dress up and I'm like, darn it. I always forget opportunities like that. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I, honestly, man. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited to get into this episode with you. So first of all, we're going to talk about uh, the news that came out yesterday of the playoff committee discussing expanding the playoff, even though we haven't even gotten to the 12 team playoff era yet. Uh, and then also uh, later on in the show, which basically would be the entire episode, we'll be going over Daniel Jeremiah's uh, latest mock draft, his second mock draft. Uh, he's one of the best in the business, and also his mock drafts hold a lot of weight because they are usually based off of intel that he's gotten from NFL teams. So that's something that uh, we can look forward to as well. But let's start off, like I said before, uh, with this 14-team playoff. And this is uh, news. This is major news that happened. It seems like it's gaining momentum. Uh, it was reported yesterday that during their meetings uh, in Dallas that they were talking about expanding to a 14-team playoff in starting in the 2026 season. So we might only get two years of a 12-team playoff before even going bigger to 14 teams. What do you th make of this, man? Do you think this is a little too soon for this? Or, uh, or what do you think about this news for college football? No, I'm all for it. I'm all for it, even if they said 16, to be honest with you. I think any sort of playoff expansion, honestly, in any sport at this point, that's what people want to see. They want to see the postseason. And also, for me, if it, op if it opens opportunities – more for home games home postseason games instead of instead of the neutral site i i think that might be the best part of what's coming this year with the 12 team is that first round when you get four home games for five through eight um I, i'm all for it i think the longer you keep teams relevant more and more teams relevant for the postseason chase the better the game is right I, I think i think we've seen it you know even in the nfl sometimes people are like well are you watering it down with too many wild cards no no, it's still great. I, I just think the longer you can have, because there's too many times we've seen with a 14 playoff where we get to the last two, three weeks of the season. And we're really just talking about last year with three weeks to go, we were talking about like nine teams, right? Mm -hmm. I, I really think with a 12 team playoff with three weeks to go, you could be talking about something like 30 teams. I, exactly. I mean, on, on top of the group of five, you know me, you know me, I, I like having the group of five involved, whether it be conference champs or if they run the table and undefeated and all that. I, I think the more teams you have involved later in the season, it's it's only better for the game. And 14, two more spots, I, I'm all for it. Yeah, I think that's something that people always forget about uh, when you talk about expansion because I know the whole 
argument of, oh, you're going to water down the regular season, which is the best part of college football. But also, like you mentioned, I mean, there are going to be more teams that are involved now, which is going to make it more exciting. Now, of course, maybe the top-end teams like Ohio State or Michigan or Georgia or whoever, maybe they will be you know pretty comfortable in the final couple of weeks, and maybe the Ohio State-Michigan game won't be as massive in terms of playoff implications. But it, it'll still be uh, a lot more teams that are involved in this. I, I think would be a good thing. I, I, I'm a little cautious, though, about this. I want to see how the 12-team works first before we even you know decide 